Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Signs, Wonders, and Miracles. We're going to talk about Mark Chapter 2 tonight. Let's see what we can pick up in there. Welcome to the broadcast, Pastor James. Well, thank you very much. I'm glad to be on here. That means I'm still alive and still in the land of the living. I have uh, Rhonda Mayberry with me tonight. She's going to be uh, doing some of the reading and stuff. And I want to keep the broadcast uh, where people can ask questions today. I'm trying not to uh, take up all the time by teaching the word. But I want people to understand that the word works for every situation. Everything we need is in the word. But the thing is, we have to submit ourselves unto God, which is the word, and resist the devil. That means to fight back, and he will flee from you. So how's your day going so far, Dorothy? I'm doing okay today. Meals on wheels had stuff. Stuffed shells, one of my favorites. Oh, okay. I hear you. Well, as I said, we're going to talk about Mark, the uh, second chapter tonight, because we're talking about signs, wonders, and miracles. And all through the Bible, it's signs, wonders, and miracles, starting from the beginning where it says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Oh, that's a miracle in itself. And the sign, it says, God did it. Well, well, who is God? The Word did it. And the Word has already been trying to get us back to the same thing, to learn to speak and believe what the Word says. And that's the whole world operates upon the Word. And once we understand that, and start looking uh, not at the, uh, say, the basic part of it, but look at it that the Bible puts it in uh, what we call parables or proverbs, and we have to figure it out according to the rules that is given to us. I've been studying today a lot of people, religion has Messiah's dying, on a tree, and being resurrected. I mean, different religions practice say the same thing, but it's all actually under one God, and the one God is going to culminate in coming down here to teach us the way he thinks, and that one God was Jesus. He came directly out of what we call the, the Father, and out of the Father he created everything by the word, the rhema word and the written word. So that's why we have all these different, uh, well, sometimes we call it myth uh, in, in different religions and stuff. But it also says in our Bible that there were, it, I think it's math, I mean, Genesis, the sixth chapter, where it says, in that time there were giants and giants afterwards. Men's of renown. In other words, these things that we talk about, like Hercules and Zeus, and they they, they might have really existed at one time. We don't know because we were not back there. And the only thing we know is what we've been taught, what we read. Okay. But the one thing that we are been taught and one thing we've always read 
is the Bible. All right, so let's start at Genesis, I mean, uh, Mark, the 11th chapter, I mean, the second chapter. Mark, the second chapter, starting with the first verse. Will you go ahead and read, Rhonda? Yeah. And again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was knowing that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as the, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. Now let's stop there. Where it says there was not uh, much about the door. Now, what is the door, the word door mean? It is the fourth Hebrew letter in in the Bible. It's in Psalms one nineteen, and the fourth letter of the Hebrew alphabet is uh, it is called knowledge or knowledge or door. Jesus referred to himself as the door. The reason is because everything is created by the Hebrew alphabet. And when they talk, when the Pharisees asked, well, show us a sign, what they were trying to say, show me the Hebrew alphabet to show me that you have this authority, all right, or power. So when it says there was not so much even room about the door, it's talking about being around Jesus, and Jesus preached the word or the Hebrew letters unto them. Later on, I'll show you how the Bible always interprets itself, and that's one of the things called a sign. When you hear it says he preached the word, he preached a Hebrew letter and explained it to him. That is a sign. All right, keep going. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the fresh, they on the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Now let's look at this. Let's look at that fifth thing. It says, when Jesus saw their faith. Another word for faith is trust. They trusted that they were bringing it to the door. And who's the door? the word of God, and that the word would be there to heal their friend. And when they couldn't come through the normal ways, they went up to the top of the roof. In other words, their trust, their faith, that if we can just get him in the presence, and that's another name for an angel, his name is Uriel, get him into the presence, then God would heal them. All right? So we thought about this man, sick of the palsy. And what did Jesus say to him? He says, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. He didn't lay hands on the man. He spoke. That's what I'm trying to get people to understand. It's the spirit of God that speaks through you if you have the authority. How do you have the authority? Jesus picks and chooses who he will manifest himself through. That's why we seek the Lord each and every day when we say our prayers, saying, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily 
bread, which means daily instruction. You seek him daily, and sooner or later, like he said, uh, many are called, few are chosen. In other words, a lot of us start to read the word of God, but do we live the word of God? Do we let the word become life in us, or do we try to figure it out and do it on our own? That's when we know we're not really trusting God. When we're doing it on our own, we're not trusting him. We're trusting ourselves and what we think or what we believe or what we've been taught. But in the spirit realm, it's to walk by faith, walk by trust, and not by sight. And because God has called many people, a lot of people say, well, I, I heard him once, and that's good enough for me. No. It's a day-by-day-by-day by day by day instructions on how to walk in the spirit realm or how to walk in the understanding of what the word says for us to do. So here Jesus spoke to this man and said, Thy sin, son, he called him a son, thy sin be forgiven thee. But let's keep on going and see what the world says. Keep going. But there were certain other scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why doeth this, this man thus speak blasphemy? blasphemy. Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, why reason ye these things in your heart? Now let's look at this thing. Let's go back. It says, Jesus said to the man that was sick of the palsy, son, thy sin be forgiven thee. And then the scribes there, those are the ones who spoke to know the scriptures and everything, Reasoning in their own mind, the world always gets you to think the way the world wants to think, and you don't think the way the Spirit does. The Spirit says, surrender yourself, and God will lift you up. The world says, you got to justify yourself, and you can lift yourself up. So here they are looking at this and saying, now, wait a minute. This man did not lay hands on this man. This man uh, did not. Uh, put no cures on it, but he spoke a word. And the word he spoke was, thy sins be forgiven you. Given you. And he, here's the thing that got it, is when they said nobody can say that except God. God is the only one who can forgive sin. And what did they do? They said, they, uh, they even said that in the seventh verse. says, who can forgive sin but God only and immediately, it said in the eighth verse, it says, immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit, they were reasoning within themselves. The mind, there's three voices you always hear. You'll hear your voice, you hear God's voice, or you hear the devil's voice. One of those three kingdoms is going to talk to you, and most times it's your own self. Now, recently, there's been a dimension that's been opened that demons are coming through there right now, and it's been doing it for years now. And those demons are what we call mind control and mind blocker. The mind control tells you things that is of the earth, and that's when we walk by flesh or our human understanding instead of the spiritual understanding. And when we walk in the 
understanding of the flesh, we miss the but we're supposed to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh, in understanding, okay? It says uh, as they were reasoning in itself, Jesus said, why reason these things in your heart? In other words, we're gonna, there's going to be a time, and it has already happened, that where God, Jesus was here to teach us, there's going to be a time. We're going to be able to read each other's thoughts. We're going to be knowing what the other person thinks. That's why we need to purify our thoughts. We need to purify our language because the Bible says that you're going to have to give an account for every idle word you say. All what you program your mind. I had a lady call me today, and she did a, I forgot how she pronounced it, but it's a board of uh, things you hope to accomplish. And what she wanted to do was have them to focus on what they're thinking about so that way they can focus on what they desire. There's nothing wrong with that. The Bible says casting out all imagination that exalt itself against the word. But the word told us if when we pray, if we believe, then we will receive as long as according to the will of God. So, yes, you need to program your subconscious mind by what the word says. You know, I can be preaching, teaching things about this thing, and everybody got their own little stories when they don't know the truth. They say, oh, well, uh, Jesus was in the house, and they uh, tore up the roof, and this is what, you know, hey, uh, this is what God calls you know, throwing his party and stuff. Don't add something to it when you don't have Learn what it was talking about. It was talking about the hint of what the door is, and the door has knowledge, and without knowledge, my people perish. The Bible always interprets itself. All right, then it says, uh, why reason these things in your heart? As I said, I'm trying to get y'all prepared for what's getting ready to happen. God's spirit is going to Attune some of y'all to where you will hear the vibration of other people's thinking, all right? But it's not, oh, I read your thoughts and all that. No, it's so that we can help one another and to cleanse up our own thoughts because if you know somebody can read your thoughts, you ain't going to be trying to think those thoughts anymore, but you're going to try to change your thoughts to operate according to the will of God, which is uh, all positive things instead of negative. Go ahead and read. Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, thy sins be forgiven thee, or say, or to say, arise and take up thy bed and walk, but that ye may know that the Son of Man has power on the earth and to forgive sins, he says to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise and take up thy bed and go thy way unto thy house. Now look at this. Now, here's Jesus is still teaching us how to speak, how to flow in the spirit. And he said, what is it easier for me to say to the sick of the palsy, that sins be forgiven thee, or to say, arise? He didn't have to say very much. He could, and he said, and take up that bed and walk. He could have said any kind of way, but it's when he focused in, this man was sick. This man wanted to be healed. Jesus had compassion. He wanted that person to be healed. So he concentrated on that 
not their religious stuff, but he concentrated on what does the word say. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. God's word created everything, and it still does. So, But you have to focus. You cannot just, like a, a shotgun, when you pull the trigger, and your prayers go everywhere. I tell people all the time, I will not pray for people who don't know what they want me to pray for. I want you to pray. I want you to tell me, like a three fifty seven Magnum, when you pull that trigger, that bullet goes straight. And that's the way prayers are supposed to be. Focus in on what you want and stay focused on that. All right? Then it says, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power or authority on the earth to forgive sin, he said to the sick of the palsy, I say unto you, arise and take up your bed and go thy way unto thy house. Well, house is a Hebrew letter meaning Beth, and Beth means a dwelling place, a dwelling place. So in other words, he was said, believe what I'm telling you, and you'll be able to arise and go to that dwelling place. All right, keep going. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw it on this fashion. Now look at this. Before I told you, the word signs is another word, or word is another word for the Hebrew alphabet. Jesus spoke a word called healing, and he did it in uh, uh, the God's character, which is U-Hey-Va-Hey. He trusts that the Hebrew letter is God, and he was the Hebrew letters. People just didn't recognize that. And that when he said that, that we already talked about the sign, now here comes the wonder. When he said that, they started wondering, is this man going to get healed or not? And then the miracles. And immediately he rose from the bed and went forth of them insomuch that they all was amazed. Here's the miracle. And glorified God said, we never saw it on this fashion or this way. So in other words, if you want to see something in the supernatural, you got to focus in on what God's word says. You find out God's word is in the book of uh, Psalms, Proverbs, and Ecclesiastics. You speak those things as though they were. There's a time and a season to pluck up, time to plant, a time to love, time to refrain. There's everything is in there, but you've got to believe what it's saying. You've got to focus in on that. If you don't focus in, and there's no authority. In other words, the Holy Spirit is blowing you in the Spirit. It's like water. you got to flow in the Spirit. If you're trying to swim upstream and the water is coming down towards you, you're not going for it. But if you turn around and let the water guide you, the Word guides you, the, the mim, which is the Hebrew word, mim, the Word guides you and flows you down, and next thing you know, you flow in the Spirit and you'll see things that you have not seen before, things that will change in your life. And the things, well, as it says, we never saw it on this faction or this way. Go ahead. 
And he went forth again by the seaside, and all the multitude resorted unto him, and he taught them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the, the receipt of custom, and said unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. And it came to pass that as Jesus sat at, at meat in his house, many publicans and sinners sat also together with Jesus and his disciples. For there were many, and they followed him. Now the reason this is written here, uh, about him sitting there with the uh, the uh, publicans and sinners and stuff because the people who should know how to operate in the spirit realm, how to speak things, namely the publicans, the statues, the scribes and stuff, they know how to do this, but they don't want nobody else to know. That's why a lot of stuff has been taught in the churches that we don't do certain things. We don't pray a certain way. Because this is new age thing. It's not new age. It's the Bible way. Is first of all, concentrate upon what you believe in, what you want. And that's the same thing that most of these rich people, when they, they want to be rich, they concentrate on how to be rich, and they stayed around people who had the same mind. I remember a, a story that was told to me about this young man who wanted to be rich, and then he went to his boss, and he says, how do I get to be rich like you? And he said, well, you come go with me fishing. And they went fishing. And while he was out there fishing, he said, well, when are you going to tell me how to be rich like you? He said, come over here closer. And the man came a little bit closer to him, pole down, and he put his pole down. And all of a sudden, this old man grabbed it and put his head up under the water. Well, this man is drowning, and he's trying to fight to get that air. And then all of a sudden, the old man lifted him back up. And he, the young man said, why are you doing it? And he put him back under again. And then he pulled him back up when he just about drowned and pulled him up a third time. And he said, why? And they put him back down again. Then when the man came out of that third time, he, he said, man, you're trying to kill me. He said, no, I'm trying to teach you a lesson. And the lesson is when you want that air to breathe, to breathe as much as you want it to, that's when you become rich. When you focus in on what you need the most, that's when you will receive understanding, knowledge about the thing you're focusing in on. My thing, I wanted to focus in on what does God's word teach me. And that's why I teach on a different level. Not everybody's going to accept it. That's because there's four ways of understanding the gospel, four ways to understand the Bible. And that the four ways are, the first thing is the basic. If it says the sky is green, then the sky is green. If it says the sky is blue, the sky is blue. Basic. If it says uh, it's something that's hidden, and it tells you by saying Proverbs, something is hidden, then you need to look for the deeper meaning. That's why it says deep causing unto deep. But after that, there's still another place called the allegory. And that means you have to look for a deeper, deeper meaning, all right? But the ones on the basics are not going to understand what you're doing. The one that's on the Proverbs more than likely will not understand. Then there's the last one. It's called the deep, deep, deep learning, which is called SOD, S-O-O-D. And that is 
a deeper learning of what the word says. And all of a sudden, you will start to see illumination, knowledge. That's why he said uh, people perish for lack of knowledge. We need knowledge. We need wisdom. We need an understanding of what does the scriptures teach. And when the scriptures start to come alive in you, in other words, not dead words on a dead page, but they're alive and they give you life and life more abundantly. You will not hunger and thirst after anything anymore because you don't want through the other levels to get to the side levels or the deeper of the deep learning. That's when you'll start out the Hebrew words when it says olive, that means the head. Beth, that means the dwelling place. Gimel means uh, a rich man running after a poor man. And who's the rich man? The word is. The word is with life. Then the next word is dalit or door. And it's the rich man. So let's go again. It's the head of the house, which is God, which is the word, uh, dwelling in the heavens, wanting to give us something. And that's what we need because we're the poor man. We're the poor people that lack knowledge. And he's trying to give us knowledge. Then he teaches us how to operate in it. Fifth letter of the Hebrew alphabet, which is pay, which Jesus said when he was in the uh, the garden. He said, they said, we're looking for Jesus. He said, I am he. But it's in metallics, which means it meant, hey, but God has things, as I told you. So when he said that, they fell back because of the power of the word. So when he told that man, arise, take up your bed and walk, he spoke power. He spoke it by the Hebrew letters. He spoke it by believing and trusting that the word would come to pass. I hope y'all are picking this up. I hope somebody be able to go back and listen to this again later. But the main thing is to learn to obey. And then when he went into the, uh, the city, he ran into Pairs, uh, sitting at the seat of customs. Well, who is he? If you notice, the first letter on there is A. Now, if you go back and start searching the scriptures, you'll see A is all through the Bible, and it's called and. And means to connect with something. That's the Hebrew letter. Va. Va means to connect. And it starts as and, and, and. Keep looking at it. You'll see it. Then you'll start to be amazed that why have you not seen this before, that the word is God and that the word works not in your mind, per se, but with your understanding that this is true. And this is how God is trying to train you to be like him. And then when he got to Atheus, and when he saw him sitting there, all he said was two words, follow me. Remember the Bible told us, if we submit ourselves unto God, resist the devil, the devil will flee from us. It also tells us if we submit ourselves uh, unto God, as I said back again, and resist the devil, he will flee from us. I'm saying it a third time. If you submit yourself unto God, resist the devil, he, you will follow him, and he will take you into things you have not ever begun to imagine. That's why it says, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, either has it entered into the heart of man. Those things that God, the word, has prepared for them. 
Uh, I tell you, it's a different it's a different thing when you kill your ego every day, not some days, every day. Then you start reading, you'll say, oh, this is what the Bible's been telling me about. It killed my ego to receive those things that God wants me to do and stop trying to go around talking to everybody else, trying to get in information. You've got to, first of all, pull the tree out of your eyesight, out of your mind, out of your understanding, so that you'll be able to pull the splinter out of your brother and sister. In other words, you've got to do self-deliverance on you first, then you can help somebody else. Can you cast out demons without doing the thing? Yes, you can, because the word is powerful. The word of the of of God is a breath. As we breathe, it's the breath of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit can still do whatever He wants without your help. He don't need us; we need Him. All right, I hope this is getting into y'all's psyche or into your mind or getting deep to where you can understand this. All right, keep on going. And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eat with publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples, How is it that he eateth and drinketh with the publicans and sinners? When Jesus heard it, he said unto them, They that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are but they that are sick, I came I came I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to to repentance. In other words, he was telling us because the Pharisees had understanding, they had knowledge, but they were not passing it on. They were holding it so that they could prosper and not let everybody else prosper. They were thieves. They were robbers. They were coming to destroy the things that could help somebody else. They were selfish. I taught a, a, a class on the word Sarah, and the fourth letter in the word uh, Sarah was, admit you are selfish. Look in the mirror and say, I am selfish. Tell the truth, for the truth will make you free. But here's the rest of that truth. I don't have to stay this way. The word of God can change me if I'll let it. You've got to let the word live in you, and you will see the glory of God as he changes you from faith to faith, the glory to glory. That means from level to level. The more you understand, the, the deeper the level you go into the word, the more you'll find out entering into God's rest. God's word tells me, don't try to start arguments. It says, calm the arguments with soft words. When everybody else is fussing and fighting and stuff, my job is trying to find peace, if possible. Now, everybody you're not going to find peace with, but you try. That's your job is to try how you handle things. All right, keep on going. And the disciples of John and of the Pharisees used to fast, and they come and say to him, why do the disciples of John and and of the Pharisees fast, but thy disciples fast not. Now, here thing is on fasting. A lot of times people will say, well, I fast twice a week, I fast three times a week, and all this fasting stuff that you don't even know what a fast is. You have to let the Bible interpret itself. It's located in Isaiah, the 58th chapter. 
that God says, this is the fast I require. And then he tells you what he requires. It ain't just giving up your food. Sometimes it's just giving up your time. In other words, stop doing everything you want to do and listen to see what the Spirit is telling you to do. The Spirit has you to stay away from certain things, like people that are negative. Negative people will bring you down. So then you have to put the word back in yourself to encourage yourself in the Lord. That's what David had to do. He encouraged himself in the Lord. When everybody else was against him, negative, he went to the house of the Lord. He went to the best. What is the best? The dwelling place of the word of God. And he refilled himself with the word of God. And that's what brought forth the miracles and the healings and the deliverance. It all goes back to focusing on what the word says and not what you think. All right? So when you hear about fasting, go back and read Isaiah, the 28th, I mean the 58th chapter, and see what he requires as a fast and what you're supposed to do. All right? Go ahead. And Jesus said unto them, Can the children of the bride chamber fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken away from them, and then shall they fast in those days. Now, what is it talking about? Let me give you a hint real quick. It says in the last days what's going to happen, the earth is going to be vacant of the word of God. And the only way you're going to get the word of God is you're going to have to sanctify yourself. You're going to have to separate yourself. That's what we're going through now. Have to sanctify you and separate yourself to be in the word of God. So when everybody else talking about, well, I believe that uh, this is the way we should do things, this is the way I believe, and get away from that I believe and get back to what the word says. And the more you start to fill yourself with the word, it will come to you. But if you don't separate yourself, if you want to listen to everybody else, then it's going to be a famine in your land. Keep going. No man also soweth a piece of new cloth on an old garment, else the new piece that filled it up taken away, taketh away from the old, and the rent is made worse. And no man putteth new wine into old bottles, else the new wine doeth burst the bottles, and the wine is spilled, and the bottles will be marred. But the new wine must be put into new bottles. In other words, he's trying to say, your old way of thinking is not going to work. If I give you information, like I'm trying to do now, and you don't want to rechange your mind, that old stuff, is your old mind is going to fight against the new stuff that you're learning, which is the truth was from the beginning, all right? And it just reiterates that same thing when he says in the 22nd verse. And if you notice, 22nd is the Hebrew word for how or seal. In other words, that's why he's talking about putting it in something. The Hebrew alphabet is all through the Bible, all through the Bible. But you have to know how to understand it. And when you start to understand it, it gives you a new path. That's why it says, enter into the straight straight way, the path, the path that leads to eternal life. And you do that by submitting yourself unto the word and do it, be a Doer of the word, not just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word. All right, keep going. And it came to pass that he went through the cornfields 
on the Sabbath day, and his disciples began as they went to pluck the ears of corn. And the Pharisees said unto him, Behold, why do they why do they on the Sabbath day that which is not lawful? And he said unto them, Have you never read that David did what David did when he had need and was hungered? And they that were, were with him, how he went into the house of God in the days of Abathar, the high priest, and did eat the showbread, which is not lawful to eat but for the priest, and gave also to them, which were with him. And he- now, let's stop right there. You know, that 26th verse, it says, uh, how he went into the house of the word in the day of Abiathus, the high priest. In other words, God has a certain place and a certain place for everything. There is no such thing as a coincidence. And when he went in there, he ate of the showbread. And what is the showbread? It's the law. He ate of the law. In other words, he ate of the word, and he gave those that was with him to eat too. But he let people know the word tells us the law is good. But you have to have a higher understanding of when the, what the word is talking about. In other words, if the law says one thing and it's better to do what is right, then you do what is right. If you're in a nation that tells you, well, it's all right to kill everybody, it's all right to have an abortion, it's all right to be a pedophile, it's all right to do this thing because you've got to do what your nature says, and the Bible says don't do that. If you see somebody that needs help, oh, it's a Saturday, I can't help them. The better thing is to help those people, all right? Don't be so religious that just you, you use the word of God to destroy things instead of give things life. But the knowledge is gives people life if they understood it. Now, I'm getting ready to, Dorothy, I'm getting ready to open up the line here. And if you see anybody that has their hands up, uh, go ahead and answer that and let's put them on the air. So tell them how to do it, Dorothy. Okay. If you have a question, just hit the number one, and that raises your hand. And I'll see it, hopefully. (laughs) And I'll open up your mic and you can ask your question. Are you there? Anybody got any comments or anything? I don't see any, but my studio just signed out, so now I have to sign back in. Okay. Computers are so helpful. (laughs) Come on, tablet, let's go. Oh, there we go. Okay. I don't see anybody's hand up. Okay. Well, do you see anybody on this thing today? There's plenty of people in there. Okay. In the queue. Um, give... <laughs> There's no one with their hands raised. Okay. Remember, all you have to do is push one, and that puts you on the broadcast. And if you got any questions or doubt of what I'm teaching, ask the question. All right, then. 
27, and he said unto them, The Sabbath day was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. What is Sabbath? It means rest. God gave us uh, rest because we need to learn. That's what most of the time when you go to the Jewish synagogue, they meet on a Sabbath day. You need to learn what the rule says and then learn to obey and walk in those rules. When it says that uh, the, the Sabbath was made for man, he's talking about mankind. In the Jewish areas, there's 613 laws. With the non-Jews, there's seven laws for us to keep. They call it the Noratic Law. So you can look that up, Noratic Laws. Therefore, the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. So in other words, it's all right to do what is good for somebody else, as long as you're not trying to do it for selfish reasons for yourself. All right. So we're going to talk about signs, wonders, and miracles. How do it operate? By the word. What is the word? The Hebrew alphabet. And it's because you don't speak Hebrew, how do you get the word to operate? By your thoughts. God understands your thoughts. He understands your heart. If you focus in, like if you need a job, you don't go and say, well, I just need a job. No. You say, what kind of job do you want? Then you start seeing yourself doing that kind of job in your mind. There was a, a man named Tim Carrot, and he said he was broke. There was no way he could make any money. And he said he heard to write himself a check for $10 million. Now, what is $10 million when you ain't got no money? But he wrote it, and they called him on the phone and said, look, we heard you, uh, your comedy skit, and we want to hire you. If they had said $100, he would have took it. But he said, how much? And they said, $10 million. That's when he started learning. You put, you focus in on what you need. I didn't say what you want. I'm saying what you need. For our Bible says, I will supply all of your need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus or the anointed word or the anointed prayer coming down from heaven down to here. You will receive those things that you have submitted yourself to, and you will gain interest. You hear what I'm saying? You will gain interest into the kingdom of God's dear son, which is the kingdom of knowledge, which is a kingdom of understanding that the word works. That's what you have to understand. The word will work. And you say, well, I've been praying, I've did this and did that, and it ain't happened. Listen, stop with the negativity. Just concentrate on what you believe that God's word has already showed you. And as we just read in 25 where it says, have you not read? In other words, what did Jesus say? Read, read, read. You ain't got to understand it. Just read. It says what David did when he had need. Not his desire when he had need and was a hunger. He and they that was with him. How they went into the house of God, the Bethel, that's what it means, Bethel, in the days of Abias. I'd have to look up his name. I don't know what it means. But you notice it started with an A, so they let you know it's something to do with God. 
every Hebrew letter in Psalms 119 has the word of God at the beginning. Like Aleph, Beth, every single word has the word Yud. Yud. That means the breath of God. The alphabet is alive because of the breath of God. That's why he said, my my spirit is closer to you than the breath in your mouth. Concentrate not on the breath, but concentrate upon the word. Now, sometimes you may have to use your imagination. I'm breathing in the word. I'm breathing out the devil. I'm breathing in the word. I'm breathing out the devil. I speak and concentrate upon the word, and I expel the devil. Who is the devil? He's the one who's accusing you of not having enough faith. He's the one that accuses you that God don't really love you. He's the one that accuses you that uh, what you think, it ain't, it ain't going to come to pass. He's the one that puts doubt in your mind. Stop listening to him. Start putting, I believe and I receive. I know because the word says so. I speak positive and not negative. When I speak to people, even as a joke, sometimes you have to watch what you say as a joke because you could be hurting somebody's feelings. So that's why I think about what I say most of the time. Now, every once in a while I might say something, but the majority, 90% of the time, I'm walking that thin line because I want to make it. I don't want to miss it. That's why it says in that 27th verse that the Sabbath was made for man. It's not just talking about a day. It's talking about our thoughts and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man, which is the Word of God, is Lord at all times. It is the Master, not you. Also, in the time of resting, I concentrate upon the man, upon the Word. That's why a lot of times, if you call me, I might be in the bed laying down. People think he's sound asleep, you know, or he's looking at cartoons or something like No, I'm studying it. I study everything, especially when it comes down to what is being taught. I keep the good stuff and I throw away the bad stuff. All right. Well, is there anybody out there now that has any questions or comments? Uh, Dorothy, tell them how they do it again. If you have a question or comment, press the one on your phone and the hand will pop up. And I will open your mic, and you can ask it. Come on now. I know somebody's got a question somewhere. Hmm. Oh, I hear you. Well, the main thing is, like, next week, we'll start on the third chapter, because I'm trying to get you all about the signs, wonders, and miracles. I'm getting you to see that what Jesus did on uh, starting on the second chapter, again, he entered into Copernicus after some days. Why some days? And it lets you know there's stuff that are hidden, and he wants us to see it. Then in this third chapter, when it starts, it says he entered again into the synagogue or the gathering place where there were a man with a withered hand. What is the word hand mean? It's a Hebrew letter that means yud, which means the hand or finger, which means thought. 
And that's how I'll explain that next week. But as I tell you, all about signs, wonders, and miracles. The more you learn to submit yourself unto God, the more you'll find out God will uh, manifest himself more and more to you. The pain that you had of the past, let it go. I know it's not easy to say let it go, but yes, you got to. You got to forgive those that hurt you. But you're supposed to start as of today, not as of tomorrow, not as yesterday, as today, and that your life can be changed. Just like when I go through a bad time or things starting off bad during my daytime, what I normally do, I say I stop my day. I stop the curse, and I start walking toward the blessing. I speak positive and not negative. I understand the word is true, and the the word is forever settled in the heaven. What is the heaven? Up in the upper thoughts of your mind. Believe what the word says and live. All right. Well, you have any comments to say, Dorothy, before we sign off? No, the only thing I can think of, until we like it the way I say, oh, no, but, <laughs> um, you know how in school we're taught the myths, the Greek myths and the Roman myths and the Hercules and this, that, and the other? You know, mm-hmm. for the longest time when I was going to school, it was like I had two minds. There was stuff I learned in school. And there was stuff I learned in church. And never the two should meet until I started really doing some studying. And the more I understood Genesis 6, the more a whole Mm -hmm. bunch of stuff fell into place. So it is possible. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I was double-minded because the church stuff to me was more important than the school stuff. It's just that they were separate for some reason. Mm-hmm. That's what they say about uh, that we should separate church from the state. That's not true. Church is first, and the state comes in after the church. In other words, God already made the laws, and then we're supposed to make laws the same as God does and obey them. Well, as I said, there's so much to learn, and as I say, the more you study it, the more you'll find it. It all leads back to the same road, back to the word. That's what three is going to show us next week. Three is a uh, a word in the Hebrew alphabet means to give. A rich man running after a poor man. It's the word of God running after us to give us understanding, to give us knowledge, to give us the ways to operate in this. And then it connects us for what we uh, a higher understanding by going to the sword. The sword of the spirit is one of the most important things in our weaponry. It's the only thing we have to fight back against the enemy. It's the word. All right. Well, uh, Robbie, you have anything you want to say? Okay. She said no, and. And you say you have nothing and nobody else want to ask any questions. I'm giving you all a chance before we go off the air. I am amazed that no one had a question this week. (laughs) Oh, I hear you. Well, we're going to stay in the book of Mark right now, three and four. But there's so much, so much 
understanding in there. And you'll see why the stories are made the way it is. It's not just accidentally that this happened and stuff. There is no such thing with God as a coincidence. There is no such thing. Everything is planned out. God said, I wrote the book, and Jesus said, I come in the volume of the book as it's written of me. They say they think they have eternal life or salvation from studying the scriptures, but the scriptures talks about me. That's what Jesus told us. He is the word. And it's, there's more to learn, but I don't go that deep for right now. The thing is, is to get you to operate in the part that you have. Learn of me. That's what the word says. And be a follower of me. As Paul says, I'm a follower of Christ. He didn't say just follow me. He said, I'm a follower of Christ, and then you be a follower of me as I follow him. All right. Well, I have nothing more to say except uh, I think we're going to be here for the next couple of weeks about uh, the chapters in Mark because there's so much to learn. There is. All right. Well, I'm turning it back over to you, Dorothy. Okay, I would say the closing prayer, but I don't have a lot of wind, so. Okay. Lord, I ask you to to boost my sister, that you'll send the angel to her of breath that will enter in, that she'll start feeling better tonight. I pray for her husband. I pray for those people that's on the broadcast now. Those that have pain in your body, just reach your right hand up in the air and repeat after me. Say, dear Lord Jesus Christ, heal me. That's it. I'm not making it long and complicated. Heal me. And watch what the Lord will do. As I speak into the airways, I speak healing in the mighty name of Jesus. Yahshua HaMashiach, Emmanuel, amen and amen, which means truth. Very, very truth. Amen. So. I'll give it to you back, Dorothy. Amen. Well, Father, bless everyone. And maybe I'll get my wind back next week. It's allergies, mostly. Um, Amen. And uh, I'll be getting my regular chatty Cathy. (laughs) (laughs) But, Father, bless everyone. Um, you have a blessed evening and a blessed week. Next we meet again. And then next week I expect questions. Amen. <laughs> All right, dear. Well, you be All blessed right. and I'll talk to you later. Father bless you guys. Night.